Metricast. What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. Hold on to your butts. We are changing the course of history as we see it. That is what Westman demands. Now this affects Iris. Um, Iris, where are you? What you feel only matters to you. I do not entertain hypotheticals. The world as it is is vexing enough. Iris, I have a tip for you. Don't take drugs! Or whatever movies with Wesley and Iris. Hello everyone and happy Halloween. This is Wesley. Welcome to Walgreens Presents Hocus Pocus 2. So here is the deal for this one. I was invited to a girl's movie night. No, wait. I was invited to go over to the sneak's house and, quote, sit in the bedroom and play on my phone until they're done reviewing and discussing it. I opted not to do that, so I was not present for that discussion. But through the magic of editing, I am now present for this episode of Hocus Pocus 2, and I will otherwise turn it over to the ladies in my life. All right. <laughs> what up and welcome to Or Whatever Movies. This is, oh man, I don't know. I'm off script. I'm your host, Iris. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your co-host, Iris. And I'm here with... What up? It's the sneak. And... Iris's older brother, Wesley's fiance, Kelly. What up? Iris's older brother, Wesley's fiance's daughter, Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> that is a really clunky title. <laughs> this is the kid. Rebecca is the kid. What's up? And today we're talking a very special episode on Hocus Pocus 2. Available on Disney+. Plus. So, where do we begin? I think we're going to bookend this episode with a little preamble about Hocus Pocus 1 and our expectations for Hocus Pocus 2, and then we'll hear from Wes, and then the ladies here are going to close out this episode with our formal ratings for Hocus Pocus 2. But first, we have to decide on ratings systems. So as our audience well knows, I am a good or boring type reviewer. Amy? Can I come up with my rating system after I watch the movie? Sure. Kelly? I think I'll go with Wesley's rating system, which is what, uh, nope, whatever, good, and what is it, absolutely? Oh gosh, this is really <laughs> terrible. What, I should know his system. Uh, and he doesn't totally, give, I was about totally. to say, he doesn't give those out very often. And Becca? <laughs> what do you mean? You want to go on a stars, like you're going to rate the movie. You want to go Siskel and Ebert and just go like thumbs, thumbs up or thumbs, thumbs down, down. Or like thumbs sideways. Or something very you millennial, some like... I like that for you versus... Ooh, definitely that. Definitely that. Love that for you. Yeah, we're going to uh, go with the millennial system. Uh, love that for you. Versus what's the I don't love that for you? I'm so sad for you right now. I don't know. I'm making it up. I don't know about millennials. My rating system will go from 1 to 30. 
Whoa. Whoa. Yep. <laughs> All right. So we've got a good and boring. We've got Wes's scale, and we've got one, one through 30 yes. for Becca and Amy TBD. So let's talk about Hocus Pocus 1. Amy, what's your favorite scene or moment from Hocus Pocus 1? <laughs> favorite scene, I think, is when, what's the boy version's name? <laughs> the boy virgin. The boy virgin. He's the one that lights the candle, oh, and that's why it summons them. You have to be a, a, a virgin. Yes. My favorite part is when they go up to the cop toward the end and they're all like, oh, my God, these witches are chasing us. But like the only way that they could have been summoned is if a virgin guy lights the candle and the cop looks at him all disappointed and is like, yo, really? Like, that's really embarrassing. Are you really a are you really a virgin? And so they like slink off all embarrassed and like feeling admonished. And then this chick comes out of the bar and it turns out this guy wasn't a cop at all. And he's just like dressed up as a cop for Halloween. (laughs) That one actually made me laugh out loud. I think that's my favorite part. That's a good one. That's a good one. It was unexpected. And Kelly? Oh, favorite scene. I think I'm going to go with the unexpected and unremembered sexual innuendo in this movie, particularly with the bus driver and like the the very horny bus driver, (laughs) you know, talking about taking them to forbidden passionate lands or something like that and giving Sarah Jessica Parker a ride on his lap. It's very, very, very much. You would would think that bus drivers would be like, oh, it's Halloween. Everyone's going to be rowdy and annoying but that guy was all in he was like so excited to see those witches yeah he was very happy that they came onto his bus (laughs) and to him um i will actually be seeing this movie with new eyes because i have not seen the hocus pocus number one since i was a wee lad um so i just reread the synopsis and um, we'll be uh, we'll be looking at it with a fresh take. All right, we we need those too. We need we need Gen Z <laughs> and fresh takes. All right, and then let's follow it up with your expectations for Hocus Pocus too. I'm expecting it to be super cheesy. If it's not, I'll be disappointed. In fact, I haven't really uh, been reading the reviews or really even watched the trailer because I wanted to be surprised by it. But somebody was telling me that people are complaining because they said that, like, it's just so cheesy. It's too cheesy. And I was like, if it wasn't cheesy, it would be the craft. It wouldn't be Hocus Pocus. Mm. So Hocus Pocus 2 should definitely be cheesy. My expectations are kind of low, but expecting cheesy. Uh, I definitely expect it to be cheesy. I expect them to go hard on jokes from the previous movie, like follows up on those. I expect less virgin shaming. Uh, Maybe even some, hey, it's okay to be a virgin things. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh, Oh, there was so much of it. I when I rewatched, I was like, I was happy with how much inappropriateness. Although the virgin stuff was a little too much. I would definitely agree that it was reminiscent of the kind of not socially acceptable kind of content that was perfectly acceptable back in the day. I am definitely expecting them to change that because some of that was a little cringy. That may have been one of my favorite moments, but definitely not cool if they virgin shame. (laughs) Not today. (laughs) We shouldn't be virgin shaming now. Um, I'm looking forward to a higher costume budget, which I'm always excited to see the costumes, especially for shows with stuff like witches, where you can have like really elaborate ones. And I actually 
expect it to be the same amount of cheesy. I think the reason people are surprised that it's so cheesy would probably be because we just don't sort of like have that sort of thing anymore. And probably just a bunch of throwback uh, jokes. I love that from our fashionista. You have a very specific eye that you're bringing to tonight's viewing. So uh, Hocus Pocus 2, I'm expecting more musical numbers. I think that we need to step up the musicality. I think we need to make this a pseudo musical, even if just for the reason to torture Wesley. And uh, because I love, yes, as you all know, I love to antagonize him. Yeah. <laughs> and with, with Bette Midler, if they don't have a musical number, it'll be a shame. If they are going to do a musical number, because the last one was, uh, you know, I put a spell on you, they're definitely going to go with a more modern song. What song might they use? Like, are we I feel like they aren't going to use a popular song from right now. If anything, they would use a popular song from the time period which Hocus Pocus was made because that's what the fan base of this next movie will be. And by when it was made, you mean 1993, before you were born. Uh, yes, you know, <laughs> you know, expecting something from the 90s. All right. Definitely rap or hip hop. I know. Yeah, I no, it's... that'll be painful. Yes, it will be, and that will be right in line with cheese. Oh, it'll be. It'll be. <laughs> I think it'll. I think it'll be modern because it's. Uh, it's because it's modern. It takes place now. We're, I'm. My bet is on at least two musical numbers, and at least one will be R and B or hip hop. I agree, R and B and hip hop. I think it's only going to be one musical number. All right. And the screening will tell. So we, I'm going to paint a picture for our audience. So we are here at Amy and the Sneak's house. We have incredible decorations, libations, and food coming on its way. The ceiling has been completely blacked out. There are bats, what would you call it, flocking out of the fireplace and onto the wall. What else? Lots of candles everywhere. A fog machine, courtesy of Wesley. And uh, the ceiling is actually draped so that it feels very mystic. And the candles will be burning all night. It's very good. Kudos on the decorations. Yes. Thank you. Yes. A very good production design. We also have chalices. We, ha- we have skull chalices from which we are drinking. And we have popcorn that's waiting for us and pizza that's on its way. So I see a great night ahead, including our screening of Hocus Pocus 2. And unless these ladies have anything else to share before we jump in, take it away, Wes. Thanks, Iris. So here, that's them before Hocus Pocus 2. For some reason, talking about Hocus Pocus, despite the fact that Iris and I reviewed it a little while ago. So here's my take on Hocus Pocus 2, some of which they will get to in the ensuing discussion. Consider that last time I said that Hocus Pocus would make a great stage musical, and I think we got it. I think Hocus Pocus 2 might as well have been the stage version that we were looking for, where we see it, and it has all the familiar stuff. They change it up a little bit. There's more songs, there's dancing, there's fabulousness, there's flash mobs. And then at the end we say, I mean, I like what they did for the stage, but it's not as good as the original movie. I think it was appropriately diverse in the I think it was in line with pop culture, despite the fact that the Sanderson sisters hadn't seen the light of day in 
30 years or something. Uh, they knew all about cell phones and selfies and all that stuff. And man, was this one choreographed to the teeth. I mean, it's really all performance-based for the three primary actresses. The kids were as unremarkable in this one as they were in Hocus Pocus. There were a few good lines. The gothic golden girls in my garage, that was pretty good. That's what the musical version should be called. Uh, I like that the broomies paid off. It was a clever thing for the, uh, the little hex circle that they got put into. The Sanderson sisters walk, it always makes me laugh. But I don't know, we definitely didn't need this sequel. The musical version would be something that only the diehard fans of Hocus Pocus would go to see. I don't know that it would be a box office shattering success or a theater shattering success or whatever, but it would make some people happy and other people wouldn't care. Unfortunately, I did not have the fun experience of the group party viewing because Girls Night is not my thing. Wesley's official review, a whatever movie. Not as good as the first one. It's almost as though it was reactionary. Hey, it's been 30 years. We should make another one because the other one has achieved something of cult classic status. So let's get something out there as opposed to guys, it's been 30 years and we finally found the right story. Let's do it and do it right. That's not what happened. Official whatever rating below the line. So let's get back to my sister Iris my fiance Kelly Ray, Rebecca, and the ever drunk, the sneak. The sneak gets crazy drunk. See if you can spot it. Amuck, amuck, amuck. Amuck, 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 amuck. I think we should all do a witchy laugh. Oh, oh yes. Ooh, good. Yes, all that's right. good. Yes. Oh, yes, yes. So who wants to go first? I think Kelly should since she suggested. Okay. Since she suggested it. Wow, I'm already slurring. <laughs> Oh my God, Becca is so embarrassed right now. <laughs> I love it. Uh, All right, Amy. <laughs> oh my God, whoa. I'm genuinely scared. I feel like that needs Becca can't. She's just laughing for real laughing. <laughs> I feel like I should have a practice thing for this. No, you can't. This is your practice thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of terrifying, actually. <laughs> Mine? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that should be my evil laugh. I'm kind of more of a dolphin cackle. <laughs> more drinks. More drinks. More drinks and more hocus pocus. <laughs> So what, were they just hoping that if the ratings are good enough, they'll do another one? And that's why they left it so open-ended, but still somewhat closed? I feel like they were just hedging their bets with, could this be a commercial series? I'm wondering, actually, is it going to be a series or is it going to be another movie? Even though those three main actresses haven't flat out turned down during a third movie, could they really do a third movie? Why not? You could see their age in this one. Ooh. No, I don't. I don't mean that negatively. I don't mean that negatively. I mean, though, that their story has played out and that they've very clearly set up a new generation of witches who think very differently than this particular, like, these women were from the 1600s. So, and then these new girls are from, like, the 2000s. The 2020s. <laughs> <laughs> And honestly, if you're just looking at, at the actresses themselves, how long do they want to keep playing these same characters? I mean, they could transition into mentor roles to the new witch coven. Uh, they're supposed to be evil. They weren't evil enough in this? They were definitely not evil enough in this. And yeah, that was just the whole, oh, fade away with my sisters. Pretty bad. 
But it was kind of a touching moment no, with Bette Midler at the end. <laughs> it was a touching moment at the end, but it was touching in a way that said these three women aren't going to be back. I don't think it was touching in a way that like their evil is going to return. Well, I think that most cult classics like this could have a spinoff series with a couple of features, for sure. And especially in the, the teacher role, which they would they would definitely be able to handle. And would you be there for those, Becca? Um, you know, if they had it on Netflix, I'd give it a go, but that's that's really the only service that I subscribe to. So I, I wouldn't I wouldn't purchase a new service for it if that Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Life is hard, but finding a really great podcast makes the days go by so much easier. Hi, my name is Blue Tulusma. I'm a writer, an emotional intelligence coach, and the host of Humanize with Blue Tulusma, a podcast where we believe that when you humanize everyone in the room, a great conversation is almost guaranteed. Join us every week here on Electricast as me and my guest co-hosts unpack big topics and interview even bigger personalities with a sense of humor and a dash of mischief. If you're looking for a new best friend in your head, we've got you covered. Electricast. If that helps. I'm just feeling like this energy right now is kind of deflated. Are we tired? I mean, Amy's drunk, but are we tired? Are we are we disappointed? Disappointed, I'd say, not entirely on my part, but that's that's just because of my personal experience. But tired, most definitely. Disappointed, yes. Like, we didn't really go in expecting much, but then we paused it at a moment in the movie where I was like, hey, this might be good. And then there was just downward slope from there. I have a lot to say about this movie. Oh my God, she took notes. I definitely took notes. Since when is Billy British? Uh, I think he was British the whole time. It oh, just, was he? But it was definitely, I mean, different actor, I think. A different voice. It was definitely the same actor. Was it? So Famous real. character actor. He felt so drastically like a different character to me. I had no idea it was the same actor. Probably because he had such a different, now he had a backstory and a storyline. He had exactly the same storyline. <laughs> he was exactly the same muted mummy. But he wasn't identified as being Winifred's, like, jilted lover. In the first one, he was. Oh, he was always? Yes, it was, it was always very, it was just real quick. They said that he was Winifred's lover, and then she caught him with Sarah. Oh, all right, all right. What was the point of the flash mob? All they did was touch him, and then suddenly they just stopped. They Obvious. did nothing. They did nothing. Yeah, it was like they the spell. Him. They found him. They were some. They were all enchanted to find him. But when they when they found him, they were like, "All right, job done." And then they all dispersed. What was hilarious about the flash mob to me was like, "All right, this is gonna be this like cool hip thing that people are doing." Except that nobody does flash mobs anymore. They danced in one gigantic clump of people and didn't actually accomplish anything. Found him in exactly the place where he was before, in line for a stupid apple, touched him, and then went back to their day. There was zero point to this. And if you're going to have a flash mob for the sake of a flash mob, can the dancing at least be cool? 
because there's nothing cool about this. <laughs> but the mayor thought it was cool. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Who was the kid at the beginning that Winnie wanted to be with? Like when she was being betrothed to the guy that she rejected? Yeah. Was it Billy? Yeah, that was Billy. I couldn't remember who it was. It didn't register. And I was wondering if it was Billy. That was Billy. Okay, well, like, that brings one it. Kiss. That brings it a little <laughs> bit. Right, more and cool then he, and he had to remedy his reputation mm, for, oh for, for history. On the very first scene where they're all in like the same house, I was like, oh, this is going to be cheesy in a way that I don't like. And then they went into the woods. And then I was like, oh, it's going to be cheesy in a way that I do like. And the witch was there. And I was like, here's the new plot line. The three witches are going to be good. And they're going to fight the bad witch because she's super cool and all powerful. And then she left. And there was really nothing else there. And I was just really hoping to see a couple more scenes from her. That would have been a great alternative plot. The new witches and the old witches had to create a like conglomerate coven and then like take down the chick from Ted Lasso. That could have really worked. It well, would have been better than what we ended up with, that's for sure. Right? Like at the second half. What was the most recent movie that came out that was like a sequel to something that was really old? It was like 20 years old. Top Gun Maverick. Top Gun Maverick. Thank you. That was awesome. That was awesome. You, if you're going to redo a movie or do a sequel to a movie, you got to bring in, like, the good writers. you got to bring in somebody who's not going to F it up. Why didn't Chris McQuarrie do Hocus Pocus 2, I wonder? Well, the thing is with Top Gun Maverick is actually it's kind of not entirely fair to compare because that's an anomaly. Can you name any other movies where the sequel was either as good or better than the original? I have a feeling that Wes might have something to say about this. Plus, that was a great segue because all roads lead back to Top Gun Maverick, in his opinion. I have an opinion that's going to piss off Wesley. Ooh, yeah! If we're talking about where the sequels are better, Aliens. Oh! <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> He's going to have a lot to say about that. <laughs> I'm sure there are others. I mean, when you're talking about sequels, I think that you're right. Like, should it be cheesy? Yeah, because of the genre. So it's not entirely fair. With Top Gun, it's the kind of movie where you should improve for the sequel, like to make it more modern. For this one, it should still be cheesy. But like you said, we paused about 45 minutes through, and then there was nothing really on the other side of it. And if they were going to introduce this witch at the beginning, and, and then we saw her as a bird at the very end, what was the point? It seems like this entire movie was a segue into either movie number three or a series. I don't mind a movie being a rehash, but there should be something that's new or kind of relevant or fun with it. And this one felt like they were just kind of like, I feel like they started to get bored. <laughs> and they were like, all right, guys, we just got to fill out these pages. I did like the broomies more than I expected to. I, when I saw them, because I, you know, I saw them in the picture and I'm like, oh, of course they're going to do the vacuum. But the fact that they did come and clean up the salt, I wasn't expecting it. <laughs> All right. So you're saying that the broomies are pretty cheesy, but then suddenly they actually had a story a purpose, which was, you know, I, I agree. They did come to the rescue. I would like to say on a on a separate note, the sheer amount of Walgreens ads. What? Like, okay, I get a little bit. But the fact that they mentioned Walgreens in like the last line of the movie is 
kind of crazy. I would like to make a note for Wesley. Wesley, please, if it sounds like I'm coming for the writer and sound like a total douche, please just cut that part. Thank you. And I'd also like to make a note. <clears throat> Two musical numbers. What? what? <laughs> Although was, no rap. Becca was totally right about this 80s vibe, though. I, I got to say, my predictions were fantastic on the nose, even. Uh, slightly better costume design, some songs from the time period that the original movie was from, and cheesy jokes from the original movie. Definitely. All in spades. And your expectations? I was hopeful. (laughs) Oh, that's the sound of crushed dreams. (laughs) Dashed upon the brooms of time. It should have been better. Oh. It should have been better. And your official rating is? Whatever. 17. (laughs) 17 of 30 stars. (laughs) I do appreciate that they didn't revisit the virgin thing. They made a hint to it later, but they really only specifically said they had the virgin talk like twice, right? The costumes, Becca feels, were better. Uh, The cheesiness was there, and that's what I was hoping for was for cheesy. I think that it's fair to say that something can be cheesy and still hold yourself to a standard of having a decent storyline. I wasn't expecting a lot from this one. I didn't necessarily get a lot, right? So can I really be that disappointed in it? I was looking for something that was just fun and kind of a a revisit to something that's cheesy and kind of light but fun. And I laughed quite a bit. So as disappointed as I am for having a more solid storyline, they gave me exactly what I said I was looking for before we started the podcast. If I go with Wes's rating system, I'm going to give it on all right. Not because I necessarily think the story was all right, but what was I expecting from it? What can I expect from this story? It was all right. And if you went with Iris's, if you went with Iris's, it's either good or boring. It's not so drastic that it's boring, so I guess it would be a good. All right. I mean, I think, you know, the good vibes all around definitely contributed are contributing to uh, the good rating, I think, that we got. So we got a... <laughs> 15 out of 30 from Becca, which makes no sense. I mean, I guess technically that's above the line. That's across the line, the halfway mark. We've got a whatever from Kelly, a good from from Amy, and I'm going to go with a boring from Iris. And that is no, uh, i know no, i know and the, <laughs> you gotta explain your oh that's true that's you true i guess i feel like this is a whole episode uh, we, maybe we don't hear, need to hear from wes at all he'll be relieved we could have wes do like some bullet point facts or okay. something he's yeah, really yeah. good at those he could just, hey wes you could just interject like as we're talking you could interject your opinion oh it could be like mystery science theater kind 2000 of, yeah, where he can be- just like listen and and comment like and yell at the screen and be like let me tell you where you're wrong <laughs> that would be hilarious but wait iris you gotta this explain is, yours this is, new, this is a new format for or whatever movies um i didn't take notes i really i mean really what it comes down to is i enjoyed watching it with the three of you Aww. my coven <laughs> and this is our what fourth movie night third yeah, this is our third movie night the- and Amy, you all, you outdo yourself every time, and I think it's just a, it's just a good time. And so I had a good time watching it. I had I had probably more fun watching Amy mug and talk back at the screen, but it was really great to be with you guys to watch it. So in that sense, it was really fun. But I definitely found myself drifting like an hour in, going, "All right, 
when's this thing gonna because it kind of really started rambling and i when when the flash mob was happening and then they were calling the the mayor and saying go back to the house but then he went back to the carnival i was like what is happening here like it all just kind of got really muddy in the middle and then it didn't quite come back around i was touched by bet midler's little monologue at the end i really was i was like oh that was kind of sweet although i get it they're supposed to be bad it kind of was counter to the whole thing but i i was touched and then i guess the girls were all right but they were just kind of you know them going off into the distance and like becoming their own thing again but i was kind of like over it i was so over it at that point that i was like sorry so we hope that you enjoyed this very special group episode of or whatever movies and hocus pocus 2 available on disney plus our guests for this episode were of course kelly the sneak and rebecca here at amy's house we hope you enjoyed this episode if you did please get in touch 818-835-0473 or whatever movies at gmail.com follow us on instagram at or whatever movies or support our podcast on patreon thank you for listening and we'll see you next time i was facing the wrong way one two three we'll see you next time hey it's tim from 50 years of music with 50 year old white guys the comedy podcast you had no idea you needed Join Ben, Jeff, and me as we continue our musical road trip back through the years and around the globe. See, just when you thought all white guys were like Joe Rogan, you come across three educators trying to remember when we were cool. 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys. Electric Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Deep Leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.